Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Jesus said, You have heard that it was said, An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, Do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. You, me, people, everybody, we're all very good at keeping track of things. Schedules, accounting, report cards are all ways of keeping track of things. In fact, the list can go on that we'll need to keep track of lists that keep track of things. And why we keep track of things is really to keep things accountable. Because how would we know if we were late if we didn't keep a schedule? Or how would we know that we are in debt if we didn't keep an account? Because keeping track and keeping accountable is so ingrained in the way the world works, Jesus' words are very hard to hear today. Today, Jesus doesn't keep track of things as a way of relating to God and to one another. In today's gospel, God shines his light on the evil and on the good and reigns on the just and unjust. Now, where most of us will keep track of those who are evil and those who are good or those who are just or those who are unjust in order to treat them in a way that corresponds to who they are, God simply doesn't keep track of that and gives them both the same thing. Whatever way the world decides to do things, God has his way, and his way is his alone. And that way, from the gospel reading, is actually a way of abundance, superabundance. If someone takes your right cheek, give him your left cheek. If someone takes your tunic, give him your cloak. If someone takes one mile from you, give him two miles. Jesus' way of living is always overflowing with actions of abundance, of more. God is not interested in figuring things out, figuring out who's evil and who's good or just or unjust. And he isn't interested in keeping a track of wrongs, like a slap cheek or a lawsuit or oppression. Jesus is simply going to overflow everyone with grace. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth is known 
is actually a technical way of speaking in the Bible. It's known as the retribution principle. And it is an easier way of keeping track of life than grace. Because you know what's wrong so that you can try to make it right. Now for most people in the world, and unfortunately inside the church, we believe God handles himself by the retribution principle. The righteous should be favored and the wicked should be punished. In a world run by the retribution principle, good things only happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. Well, when we say it that way, we all know that that can't be the way life works. Because we all know that bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. Now, within the church, the retribution principle leads people to try to figure out the way God figures things out or keep track of things. Within the church, the retribution principle leads people to try to figure out how God keeps track of things. And some people mistaken that as God's will. They do that so that they can live up to the way God keeps track. But Jesus in the gospel reading is showing that God doesn't work that way and neither should we live that way. Because grace is given regardless of who we are. Grace is simply too hard to keep track of because there will always be more and grace will always come as a surprise. Now this is very good news when we hear that last sentence of the gospel reading where Jesus says, you must therefore be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. If you define being perfect according to keeping track of things and fulfilling them, then your life will be miserable because there will always be something you miss, whether intentionally or by accident. And there will always be something that you screw up, whether by intentions or accidents. However, if we understand being perfect according to the way of Jesus, Jesus' way of grace, then being perfect isn't up to us in the first place. Robert Capon, in his book on the kingdom of parables, grace, he writes, Grace will prevail when our lifelong certainty that someone is keeping track has run out of steam and collapsed. In that collapse, you'll be perfect. You'll believe that grace is beyond our figuring it out. Grace is beyond keeping track of. And you'll move into a trusting relationship with the one who wants to love you, no matter what. It is in that relationship where you'll be perfectly loved by our Lord Jesus. In Jesus' death and resurrection, God shows that he isn't going to keep track of things, but is going to love the entire world regardless. The evil, the good, the just, the unjust, the persecutor, the sufferer, Jesus is just going to love them all. His death is for everyone, and his resurrection is for everyone. In fact, on the cross, he's nailed all of our failed attempts to keep track of things. 
keep a perfect track record. He's nailed them to the cross so that the life of the resurrection, the life of grace, would now live in its place. The life of keeping track is miserable. And it's miserable because you're going to be living that by yourself, without God. But the life of grace is precisely a life with God. The life of grace is a continual, renewed attempt to simply trust that someone else has taken care of things, and you don't need to keep track of it. And to live in that relationship with that person, whether you completely understand it or not. Now, that might not seem much of a life. Life. There's no accolades. There's nothing to keep track of. There's no, nothing to keep accountable. So, on one level, it's not much of a life. Well, that's because the life of grace isn't actually our life in the first place. But it's the life of Jesus Christ. And his life, he's going to shine his love on our death and rain down his grace so that we might live a life of grace. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen.